pretty exciting morning this morning, Spencer. Thanks for coming out and, and, and meeting with me. This is officially episode numero uno of what we're calling The Circle. You bet. Yeah. Happy to be here. Appreciate it, man. Basically, The Circle is a, um, I kind of call it the reverse ABC. Uh, it's a podcast about construction, business, adventure, um, also we're going to roll out some business principles over time that we've kind of developed, but as I was sitting here thinking through this podcast and, and, uh, you know, some of our first guests and who would be appropriate, there was definitely one dude that jumped out in front. So, um, I was excited that you accepted, um, you know, given our history together, uh, I haven't had, I don't think, more adventure, certainly, <laughs> with anybody else. So uh, tell us a little bit about Ashton Sawing and Drilling. Uh, sure. What do you guys do? Uh, uh, you know, tell us about your business. So we started out a cutting contractor. That was kind of my trade. I was a, um, you know, service cutting. It's a concrete cutting is an interesting specialty trade um we cut everything that's concrete doors holes um you know flat sawing demo break haul off um we've got wire saws we'll cut columns bridge columns anything selective demo type of cutting we do um a lot of plumbing for our core drilling stuff it's a lot of plumbing core drilling for mechanical and pipes and whatnot so um that's kind of a snapshot a little bit and then we have we started back in with your help we started placing concrete and i guess i was around 2008 2009 kind of to service our our uh, clients yeah. you know we can cut it take it out put it back so we started that division and it's grown, um, kind of outgrown our service volume wise. Um, and then we also started a flooring. We started polishing concrete and doing and uh, epoxy coatings and, and epoxy terrazzo. So, so you've, you've got basically three divisions now, right? Yes. Yeah. Your concrete, saw cutting yeah. and core drilling. Yeah. Uh, concrete placement and then the polishing um, the saw cutting is really like you said what that that was what got you into the business though sure. wasn't it sure what got you I mean you know when we met in not the, God, I think it was 2005 yeah out at Hobby Airport yeah um, you know you were doing saw cutting and drilling you started your company how many years before that so it was 2000 when we started, um, I was just an operator, ran a truck, was cutting and a friend of mine came and approached me and wanted to start a business cutting concrete. I had actually quit and was going back to school. And then, uh, we teamed up and started. And at the time it was a and L concrete okay. services. And so, we did that for about six months and my partner, um, we had some differences, so he wanted out. And so I kind of took it over and changed the name to Ashton Song and Drilling and 
just went to work and it's kind of something that, you know, I've been asked like, Hey, you know, what's your goals to grow the business and stuff yeah. like that. But it was never really, we just kind of went to work, answered the phone, provided a good service for our clients and kind of just grew Things organically, grew um, if you will. So, um, you know, we, we, we've been successful with the growth of our business and, and it's more than anything, it's about the people though. Yeah. You know? Like the people, um, the culture that we have, um, you know, we spend a lot of time and effort on that. Yeah. Um, but you can't do it all yourself. You know, I'm, I'm not good at certain things and I think that it's important that you realize what you're good at and what you're not yeah. good at. And, um, my brother came to work for me, uh, 2009, I believe. And he's my CFO and he's really helped us grow. And he's been a large part of our success. Um, so I think you have to recognize that where you're, where you're at and what your, your strengths and weaknesses weaknesses are. And, and, um, you know, there's a lot of support out there too for CEOs. And well, I mean, you know, I wouldn't be sitting here if it wasn't this relationship. Certainly, you know, I think, uh, part of the, the whole reason I wanted to do this podcast, especially have you be a big part of the, the startup of it was this concept of a circle of network business relationships. You know, when we met, I was working for a general contractor in an office and, you know, 15 years later, you know, got my own business and trying to grow and do it and apply some of the things that we learned or that I learned just, you know, watching you, uh, did you always think, did you think you were going to be an entrepreneur when you were a kid, when you were growing up? Did you think you were going to go be a, a business owner at some point in time or I, what took you down that road? I had no idea. You know, yeah. I kind of, uh, you know, I was playing football in high school, was successful doing some things, went and played college football for a couple of years and then just kind of trying to find my way and, uh, yeah. you know, got a job cutting concrete from uh, yeah. guy, Jim Johnston taught me the trade really. here. And that was in Houston. No, here he, uh, well, it was at a cut and shoot. Yeah. Good guy. There you yeah, go. Jim. Uh, so he, uh, taught me the trade. He's, uh, one of the best. So, uh, you know, just kind of the pieces fell where they fell. But you were, you grew up on a farm, right? And your dad, I mean, so you had a lot of that kind of work ethic, get up early, you know, be proud of the work you do. I mean, there were probably a lot of things in your upbringing that have helped you be successful what you do today. And I think that's probably one of the, if not the most important thing, you know, my grandfather passed away a few years ago and I was, you know, before he passed away, I was talking to him. I said, you know, grandpa, that's like what you guys did for us, teaching us how to work was like the most important thing, you know, yeah. and my father too, you know, from a young age was like, Hey, you got to produce. You yeah. Know? Hey, I want to play basketball and I wanted these shoes, you know? Yeah. And these Nike basketball shoes. And my dad's like, Hey, if you want to play, get a job, 
if you want the shoes, I go to work. Go to work. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know. Anyway, so it was something that my family kind of pushed on us as to work at a young age and taught us how to work. Yeah. And I think that that work ethic is why I've had success in my life. Yeah. So. Well, then that's something that, you know, we both got kids. They're about the same age. Some of them are, you know, the same age and trying to teach them. Like the, our kids and us, to some extent, have grew up and have, have been raised in like the most pros, prosperous, peaceful time in the world's history. And that's the challenge. The you challenge know? is, is like we were poor growing up <laughs> yeah. and there wasn't an option. You just had to, you had go, to go to work. work. Yeah. You know, if you want nice stuff, you got to work for it. Yeah. And so now you get into this generation where it's like, you know, you want to provide and give your kids a good life. And yeah, and it's a challenge because what, what point do you draw a line and go tough crap? Go to yeah. work, dude. Yeah. If you want to. Yeah. <laughs> they got to learn to earn it. Yeah. So it's a challenge. Yeah. No, that's something we struggle with, too, is like, you know, the things that if you look back at like what helped you be successful. A lot of it was the grind and the challenge and the hard work and the stress. And, but yet you want to protect your kids from some of that. You want them to have the things you didn't have and have the cool sure. toys and sure. have the benefit of, you know, some of the nicer things in life that you dreamed about when you're a kid. But then sometimes you look at it and go, wait a minute, you know, am I just, <laughs> this, this kid needs to earn this stuff, you know, because for me at least, and I know we think a lot alike it, the the adventure the 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 challenging uh, the challenges we run into a lot of that's the most enjoyable part of the process I mean you know it's fun to get to the finish line but that journey is is really the exciting part yeah. so my first um, my first memory of Mr Ashton uh, was in a job site trailer at Hobby Airport right um, now there there is some controversy out there with how this all went down so we can set the record straight here this was it morning. an office or a cube <laughs> i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i may have been sharing a, an office but uh you know job site trailer on site uh i'm working for a big you know general contractor we're doing the office expansion or the uh terminal expansion there and i hear this voice coming down the hallway shaking hands and kissing babies and uh, yeah. here comes Spencer Ashton into my office. I think you were talking to somebody about hunting. Was that the yeah, theme at the that's time? What it was, right? And then you invited yourself on the hunt. So yeah, this we were is going where, hunting this is that where the this is where the discussion. Yeah, well, there's a fork in the road know. right here because I think it was you're talking about how you like to whitetail hunt you're a bow hunter and i happened to throw out there hey i like to bow hunt too i'm pretty sure then from there there was some sort of an invitation that took place like hey next time you should join us well, or was I that i felt bad for was you. that kind of a i felt oh, it was bad. a pity invite well, kind of. <laughs> okay so i was like man who's this guy you know i've never met you before and i was like oh great and yeah we're talking about oh and you jumped in and you're engaged and i was like oh all right uh and you i didn't believe you said like man i'd love to go sometime and i said well 
hop in the truck. We're going like tomorrow if you want to go. So all right. anyway, yeah. And so next thing you know, we're in uh Uvalde, right? No, yeah, Del Rio. Del Rio, Comstock. Yeah, we're so, at Comstock. And uh yeah, we, I had we just on gotten into Bowen. And I didn't know Mark from Adam and we had yeah. the best time, got to know no, it was a lot of fun. That was the beginning of a long relationship. Yeah, that was that was the first yeah. of many. So, I mean, maybe I invited myself a little bit. It was more of a hint, <laughs> but uh essentially I I invited you. the successful, I mean, utilizing those sorts of opportunities, a hunt to go hang out, for us, it really changed the whole dynamic. I mean, just getting out of the business environment, spending some time hanging out together, driving around on the lease, just yeah. really getting to know each other, building that personal relationship, for me at least, you know, was really what started yeah. this relationship for us. Yeah. And, you know, look, business development guys, they preach, hey, like you got to take the right guys. Yeah. You got to take the right guys hunting. You got to, you know, try to single that out. Who's making the decisions? Yeah. Like, hey, at the time, who knew? Yeah, sure. You know, how yeah. many millions of dollars worth of work have we done together? A lot. Off of, you know, yeah. I took you hunting. And at the time, you probably weren't the right person to take Probably hunting. not. But at the end of the day, it was like you were the right guy. Yeah. No, I think... And and more than anything, we've become great friends, yeah. and that's that's probably more important than, than the millions of dollars of work. But well, most of the millions were going your direction. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, I look to me that was something that inspired me. Just watching you, even just take me out, take others out, and watching other business owners that could do those cool things. Yeah. You know, set up a trip organize it it was always fun and entertaining and you know one of the one of the early when i was doing business development one of the early kind of mentors that that i would watch and follow would always say um i focus on building a relationship first and then just let the business happen yeah. you know and make it more of a you know I don't think you ever asked me for work, really. It was always just, we built a relationship. Yeah. We were hanging out together. I got to know your business. And then it was like, hey, I've got this concrete job over here. We need some saw cutting over here. There's a project coming up. Um, and I never felt like this was just about you trying to get business for me or me trying to get yeah. more hunts out of you. Yeah. <laughs> It, no, it, it, it was I, a true I, relationship I mean, that just happened and we started good, doing business together. It's a together. good point. You know, it's like you, the relationships are everything. And yeah. whether it comes from you or whoever you're, you have a relationship with, yeah. they're going to talk to their friends. And, yeah. and that's kind of how we've yeah. grown our business is word of mouth and treat everybody with respect and kindness yeah. and, and, you know, like, why not? Yeah. So tell me as you're growing your business, okay, Spencer Ashton says, you know what? I think I can do this. You go out, you buy your first concrete saw or whatever, and you're starting to go. And you said, it's just about working hard, provide a good service. 
what were some of the challenges early on that you saw, you know, as you started to scale your business that you had to try to tackle? I struggled with the pressure. Um, you know, you get going to where it's just work. Yeah. You, know, you answer the phone, the guy's got a job, you go to the job, you do a good job for him, you know, they call again, repeat business, you're working, you're working, and then you're growing, and I'm yeah. buying more trucks and hiring more people. And then the structure, like how to structure your business, yeah. and when you get more people and more people and more people, where's the turning point? You know, there's no book that says, okay, when you get 15 service trucks, then you need to hire this many people, and you yeah. need to have this many admin, yeah. and you need to have this many you know, sales guys. And we didn't have a salesman until I think uh, probably 2007, eight. I mean, so you'd been in business for eight years before I mean, you started. I was just answering. You were the salesman, yeah, right? Because I, I mean, remember I every was, time we'd ride in a truck together, I'd you know, put my coveralls you're, on you're answering the phone as we're going down the road, taking notes, taking number, yeah, you know, do, doing dispatch, doing dispatch, the yeah. whole thing. I was selling, doing dispatch. So the the challenge is, is that I'm not, you know, I wasn't a businessman. You know, yeah. I, I knew how to work. You yeah. know, I was I was good at the trade. I I knew how to treat people. I yeah. I like interacting with people. And so, you know, kind of like where, like, Hey, how do I do this? Like, how do I, how do I grow this business, you know, the right way and with right people? Yeah. So, because you've, and, I mean, and, now how, how big are you guys? I mean, you've just in round a number of employees. So we're, we have close to 200 employees. And multiple offices. Yeah, we have an office in Dallas and in New Orleans. I mean, you you, you spool this thing up. I mean, I know just from my experience yeah. over the last six years is yeah. you create this machine. Yeah. And I, you've got all these commitments. Now you've got to keep the thing moving. And I think that it's, there is no secret recipe. I, I yeah. think that it's just the years that you're in business. I mean, yeah. every year... We did something different and got a little yeah. better. Yeah. And you look at these companies that have been, been in business for 35, 40 years, they're doing some good stuff. Yeah. But it's because they've been, they've been in business doing it for forever. 40 years. Yeah. No, and we get we get the same thing. We we get it, we get someone that we will have joined us that's been with a company who's just celebrated their hundredth year anniversary. And they come in, they're like, well, where's this? process where's this yeah. form why don't you guys do this i'm like man we we've been doing this for six years brother <laughs> like yeah you know if you yeah. need that form then go open word and create it and you know we'll adopt it yeah. but it's you know trying to create you're right all those processes all those systems all those things it takes time you know and there is no there's a lot of books out there but there's no guide there's no you know to growing a concrete cutting and saw drilling you yeah. know, uh, or concrete cutting placement and polishing company. Yeah. So you've got to figure that out. All of us had to kind of figure that out, you know, as we grow, I think you mentioned something earlier I want to touch back on, which was culture. You know, one of the things that stands out when I think about you and I think about your company 
is the culture that you've created, the commitment to your people. You've got loyalty. I mean, you've got guys, I'm pretty sure I could name a few of them, that would take a bullet. They would step in front of a train yeah. for the company and yeah. for you. Yeah. How do you create would, a culture like that? I think you have to be willing to do the same for them. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, you, you got to be able to that. take the bullet for them. You're right. And we've always had a decent culture, and I think yeah. it stems from... You know, it's always from the top down, you know, I, you know, we had good culture because uh, not to toot my horn, but I treated people with respect the way I wanted to be treated and yeah. they get that. And so we've always had decent culture. The challenge is that when you get to a certain size, I can't influence 200 people by myself yeah. every week, every month. So we, we bought into this culture. Just, this is recently we've been doing this, uh, Oh, about, Oh, six months. It's a program called high performance culture. And we bought into it and it's a program where it's, you have, you have weekly, um, behaviors or, or fundamentals sure. and everybody does the same thing every week. So the whole okay? company is aligning on. Yeah. And it's like honor commitments and yeah. you know, there's 28 of them and we do a different one every week. Um, and it's, it's, it's awesome, awesome stuff. So I think that you get to a point where you have to work on culture. Yeah. It just happened for a while, and then I felt it slipping. Well, you know, I've I've definitely seen that. I mean, we're not we've got a a little over a hundred people, and you know, I've noticed it when, like you said, you can't be everywhere. I mean, the culture I think grew out of you and the guys that were around you, and you have this close knit group. You're seeing each other. You're on the jobs. You're you know, in some instances, you're grabbing a saw and operating as well. But as that grows out, they don't get the exposure to Spencer Ashton or even to some of the guys that helped you grow the company. Yeah. You got to create that. You got to have a system. And that that's the challenge. Scale like, that, I've right? got these, you know, we run about 38 service trucks and I'm, you know, I've got an operator in every one of them. And I don't, I might not see him for a month, maybe, you know. I, we have our weekly safety meetings and some of them might be working night jobs yeah. and can't, you know, make the meeting. Yeah. And so how do I push this drive and this culture? And, yeah. and the number one thing I think is communication. Yeah. Like you have to be able to communicate with your people and get to all of them, whether that's a group me app or a Google app or some kind of communication tool to where, that's Everybody. something that we've done is done. We separated them in groups. Okay. And then we use a simple group me app. It's, it's, you know, childish it's, but it, it works. works. Right. And yeah. I can communicate, I can send a message to the whole company. So I, I do a weekly message to the whole company. They get it. It's the culture message based on our fundamental for the week and the whole entire company yeah. gets it. And it keeps them connected yeah. to the culture, and keeps them connected so to their leaders. So they're posting pictures from their jobs. And so I can chime in on it. Man, great work, guys. They get, you know, the number one reason um, 
people stay is recognition. Number two is achievement. And so you need to recognize your people and give them the sense of gratification for them doing their job. Well, and I think seeing, you know, a business owner, a leader, I mean, there are other businesses, you and I have several other relationships out there where the guys get to certain points, certain volume, certain size, and they check out. They're off at the ranch or they're off. They're not engaged in the business and you can watch the culture deteriorate over time. And so, you know, obviously as you grow and evolve as a business, you have some success, you want to be able to go enjoy some of it, but you do have to be careful that you step out of your business and you're the, 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 you know, the, the, you've been kind of the leader in the culture that's held everything together. If you don't have a way to have that continue, and uh, you, you could have a problem. And let me say this, the, the, you know, your management, they have to buy into it. Yeah. And I think that this is something that I had a real hard time with too, is hiring managers. Yeah. Like, ah, I can do that. I can manage that division. And yeah, I can manage that division. And then, but I'm doing it half ass. Yeah. And hey, hire somebody and I hired a guy to run my service division and it changed the whole division. I mean, yeah. that guy is now pushing the culture. He's, the one he's driving. driving it and he's bought into it. And so I think it's important that you hire good managers that can push that. So when you're not there, because you can't be there all the time. Yeah. And so that's one thing that was real hard for me to give up. But well, I think that the, the challenge that we've had, with the same positions is, you know, everybody wants to be a boss or the boss and, and you get some guys that want to do it and are hands off. You've got other guys that like to lead by example. They get in the trenches, they're engaged with their guys, they're motivating them. And that lead by example manager, the guy that's out there willing to get in the trenches, which is how you built your business and how I've tried to build mine those are the guys that ha- help you have real success because everybody looks at them and says, if I'm sure. working late and, and that guy is still working late, you know, that's a good example. You know, yeah. I want to be, it almost motivates people to work as hard as they see you working. And they have to have your core values. Yeah. You know, they yeah. have to possess that honesty and integrity and, you know, dependable work ethic. They have to be there. They have to be able to do it on their own. They have yeah. to be able to have fun and personality and they have to have those qualities that you have. And if they don't, you got to get rid of them. So, and that's the hard part is like every time we have to let somebody go, the question is, is why didn't we do it sooner? Yeah. You know, we, we should have done it like two years ago. Yeah. So if they don't have your core values and what you possess and what you're trying to push, you need to, yeah. you need to eject on. Yeah. So you have built your business for the last 20 years. Okay. You've seen economic growth. You've seen economic downturns. And right when we all think things are figured out, you're, you're hitting your stride. 2020 for a lot of us was supposed to be 
best year ever. I mean, that's yeah. the way we were looking at yeah. it. I've, I've talked to a lot of people to say this was projected to be our best revenue, best profit. We're yeah. finally going to get the benefit from all this stuff. And then this global COVID-19 yeah. pandemic hits everyone like a freight train. How's that impacted your business? You know, how have you got, what have you guys had to do to adjust to this kind of challenge that none of us could have foreseen or, yeah. you know, prepared um, for? Some of the reasons why we diversified our business is because of this. Like if there's an economic downturn, we're pretty diversified. Yeah. I mean, we've got three different divisions. When things slow down, typically in the construction industry, the move from new to renovation yeah a lot of times yeah so my service department is pretty good at picking that up um so we're i wouldn't say we're recession proof but we still manage to do okay um yeah you know 2008 2009 we you know it was slow it hurt us um just like this. Sure. Yeah, I mean, we've lost like our my construction division, it you know, job shutting down, you know, yeah. nobody's working, you know, we're trying to, you know, and the whole world's not moving. Yeah. I <laughs> That's mean, tough. It, nobody's leaving the house. It's nobody's spending money. Yeah, there's no no doubt about it that we, yeah. we've seen the impact on our business and yeah. especially in April. Um, so you know, we did some things. We tr try to, you know, keep our people busy with, um, you know, guaranteeing some of them are good people, 40 hours. I think it's, I think you have to make a conscious effort to keep your, yeah. your good people that, I mean, you gotta, you know, take a bullet for them, do whatever you gotta do to get through it because this is long-term. Like you gotta you, keep the core. Yeah. You yeah. gotta keep your people and, you know, might hurt for a little bit, but I think it's important that you, you know, stand behind your people and try to keep it. Well, what's, what's been interesting is as you watch the news and watch the media, uh, there's some perception out there that guys like you and guys like me, that there's a, there's a, uh, decision, uh, to either let folks go or, you know, hoard all the income and money and be selfish and, and just do what's right for us. And it's, it's, it's not that, you know, what I've seen is we're not structured, at least we're not, my business isn't structured to just sustain no revenue yeah, and still keep a bunch of people employed. Yeah. And so as the, as the, as the uh, world has shut down, it does put you in a really difficult spot because you want to do what's right for your employees. You want to do what's right for your customers and everybody else. But there has to be um, a balance there with keeping a healthy organization that can live into the future because there's a lot of other jobs that the whole business depends, you know, that depends sure. on the business being successful and healthy moving on into the future. And so um, this thing has created and presented challenges it's not like hey we just lost this one project um it's hey this whole industry oil and gas for us is a, has been a big one being in houston right all of a sudden nobody's spending any money there's jobs where you know we're we've finished pouring the slab and we're receiving the steel and they're saying deliver it on the slab and pack up and leave 
I mean, those are things that you just don't anticipate. You don't expect anybody to just stop a project in the middle of construction and tell everybody to go home. Yeah. But, you know, the commitment that you have and that I see a lot of guys having that are willing to do whatever they need to do to keep people employed, to keep payroll, payroll, you know, moving forward, um, you know, as all the stimulus funds and PPP monies and stuff were announced, a lot of us were trying to figure that out and, you know, trying to put the pieces together to, to make sure that we had reserves and, and some sort of, you know, good cash flow to make sure we could keep the business moving while we navigate through this thing. I think it's important that you stay engaged. You try to, yeah. I mean, like it's killing everybody. Like it's us. I mean, the PPP stuff helped, helped everybody. I think, um, uh, you know, we're in this downturn. Every, I think everybody is. Um, I think it's important that you meet with your managers and your people yeah. and stay engaged and try to do challenges. You can't go talk to anybody. You know, yeah. nobody wants to, you know, get in a group. You can't, you know, go into somebody's office and drop them breakfast or bring in lunch. Yeah. It's all, you know, so virtual. It's all virtual. So we're trying to stay connected with our customers you yeah. know, virtually phone calls and zoom and try to push that. But I think that you have to make a plan and you have to try to work the plan, you know, like the best sure. that you can. Sure. That's all you can do really. I mean, there's such a big question mark in the future with this thing. Plus it's an election year. Yeah. People are already conservative in the, in that, those times. But I mean, I've seen, you know, a lot of, uh, businesses being proactive with the safety of their people on job sites, wearing masks, doing social distancing. We've all had to adjust to that reality, but I know I'm ready to go back to business yeah. <laughs> as usual. We are too. Um, so we could spend the whole afternoon talking about this, obviously, but I just wanted to touch on it um, to, to, to get your thoughts on that. Um, we've had a lot of adventures together. I thought it was kind of appropriate to have this one in the hangar. Actually, I think we're going to continue to have these here at the hangar. It's kind of a cool place that we've, we put together, but, um, during one of our adventures, we had a pretty interesting, um, airplane, airplane experience. Oh, we almost died. <laughs> the, yeah. the almost died, famous, almost died story. I don't think this story was told for quite a while, at least not to my wife. <laughs> It wasn't. I think we were both in shock still. I talked about it again this weekend, but, you know, we get into these adventures, right? Where, whether it's hunting or riding motorcycles or whatever, we've got a bunch of them between the two of us. But this particular one was pretty interesting. You don't think the one where I crashed the motorcycle and that you gave me a ride? <laughs> through downtown Salt Lake City on the back of a Ducati was yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was that one was fun too. I mean, yeah. uh, I, it's, I'm not it's sure. A, it's think, a miracle that both of us are still yeah. even here. We've done the best that we I, that we I could to try to kill each other. I still have nightmares of two 250-pound dudes <laughs> on a Ducati driving through 
I'm just glad I was on the front. Oh, jeez. So <laughs> we got a lot of horns honk with, yeah. your, with your ass in the air on the back of it. Yeah, <laughs> Mark caused that accident as well. <laughs> Somehow so, I'm the fault. So, I'm the, I'm to blame for all the, the accidents. The, the, but he's always there when I'm yeah, in an accident. So. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, but that the plane, the plane thing was, uh, yeah, was, uh, yeah, we were flying along and you guys decided to go through black cloud and next thing you know we're diving out of the sky 2000 it was, it was feet a, and yeah it was a pretty crazy experience you know i uh we just had barely been flying the plane you know back and forth to new mexico i mean this had to have been in the first six months of owning the plane and flying back and forth to carlsbad and I'm like, let's go look at this job in Lubbock, you know, and then we're we're gonna run over to to Carlsbad afterwards, jump in the plane. So we get in the plane, we take off, all's good. I was flying, I'm not gonna lie, I was flying the plane, you know, getting instruction from my uh, instructor there a little bit slash corporate pilot in the right seat, and uh, we're climbing up and clouds just kind of start to close in on us we're on a vfr flight plan so i start to say well maybe we need to climb over this so we talked to tower and climb over i think you recall then things got even darker over recall. those clouds i recall so we start to descend and uh I, you know i'm in imc so i can't see instrument conditions right and I'm kind of flying down and instructor goes, Hey, um, you're off, you know, you're off course. We need to get back on course. And I was just trying to hold the wing steady and manage my descent. So I start turning on course and, uh, he goes, Oh, my controls. I'm going to go ahead and get us back on. I said, okay. So I let go of the controls. He starts turning the plane, turn the plane. He's looking over here and I'm like, man, we're in a pretty good bank of turn right now. And then things start getting faster and faster. And I don't know if you remember the sound. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> but all of a sudden it was like getting shot out of a freaking roller coaster, dude. Just that sound of whoosh, come over the air. Yeah, I was on the, the plane yelling at you guys. Come on, <laughs> get it together. Get come your on. together up there. It was, it was pretty bad. But... Uh, yeah, we were at like 13,500, 14,000. I mean, we were pretty high up because we were climbing over those clouds. And when we came out of this thing, we were at 8,000 feet. Yeah. So he, all I saw was all of the gauges peg, like our bank angle of uh, uh, our attitude indicator was all the way pitched to the, to the right, our airspeed probably bent the needle i mean that thing went it, it was it was nuts um and i remember the pilot was the instructor was trying to straighten out the ailerons and get us tuned up but we, when we came out of the clouds all we saw was mother earth oh, yeah. <laughs> it was, so we pulled out man it's yeah look. yeah we made it we made uh -huh. it that's no and then and then the next stop we continued on <laughs> we landed in in minimum cloud conditions in Lubbock and then coming home oh we rode we rode the lightning the whole way through a thunderstorm 
Yeah, and I'm burning you guys so. up on the mic pretty soon. You guys just turned it off. I'm like, what are we doing? Let's just land in Austin. And There's lightning. Get in a car. We're <laughs> <laughs> just threading through. Look, we don't do that stuff anymore. Yeah. All right. Those were some early flying days. We learned a lot of lessons, um, you know, doing that. But, man, I appreciate you getting into playing that day and continuing to be a good business partner with us being a, an amazing mentor for me um you've been there through some some really critical times in my life i know one time that really stands out probably one of the most influential times in my life was when i had made the announcement that i was no longer going to pursue a career in construction that i, I was now that. joining the yeah. fbi um, not a story I share with a lot of people, but, uh, you know, shortly after I started in construction and I grew up, you know, working with my hands, I wasn't super satisfied and I was always intrigued with, you know, law enforcement. I mean, I grew up, you know, went to high school around the DC area. So FBI, CIA, all that stuff was super cool for me. So I was going through the FBI special agent process while the first few years of my career were moving on. And of course, you know, the story I got accepted as a special agent and actually had was waiting for my assignment at Quantico. You had invited, invited Andrea and I and, and the kids over to come have a barbecue at your house. And we're sitting in the back porch, you know, families inside. And I'm pretty proud of the fact that I just got into special agent, you know, I'm gonna go be you know, a badass with, uh, you know, working covert ops. And uh, you just looked at me and you're like, just out of the blue, you know, you are one selfish son of a bitch. You know that? <laughs> I don't know if I said that. I'm pretty sure that's what you said. <laughs> I'm like, what? What do you mean, man? I'm, I'm going to serve my country, right? Uh, yeah. With a purpose. You're like, dude, you've got an awesome career going you're, 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 you're growing and getting promoted. And I had big opportunity to move to Florida and take over a bigger position. And you're like, you're going to give up all that, give up all that opportunity to help your family out have a great career just so you can go play policeman and, you know, be, be an FBI guy and fulfill your own dreams. And, uh, you probably didn't know it, but that hit me pretty hard, you know, cause it was set. I mean, it was a done deal. Yeah, I remember. And so that next morning I went home. I went out of my house. We had a little nine, you remember my house in yeah. Bel Air, a little yeah. 950 square foot bungalow. Yeah. I went out of the house Sunday morning, sat in my Hyundai Elantra, which was what I was sporting at back in the day, <laughs> my five speed Hyundai. And I was sitting in the driver's seat and I called the folks at the company that had offered me that position in Florida. And I said, Hey, is that job still available? And they're like, well, we're interviewing, but it's, it's yours if you want it. And I said, well, I want it. I'm coming to work for you guys. I'm going to tell the FBI that, uh, that I'm not going to continue down that road. Now I went in the house. I woke, my wife was in the kitchen and I told her and she was freaking tears, just super happy. So, I mean, right now I could probably be in a pretty awesome place. I might be, you know, sniper rifle on a rooftop, flying a helicopter. I mean, who knows, but this other route's been pretty good too. Yeah. So I appreciate, you know, you doing that for me and, 
Well, I, I think you made the decision. Well, I, I don't know how much I influenced you there, but all the ball busting. I hope it's do, been good for you. They're, they're, I think it has been. You know, you. I always knew that you were going to be super successful. You're always good at your job, and you know where you were going at the time. It was uh, unbelievable to me um, how far you'd come from you know being in the cubicle to now you're going to Tampa and at the big house so yeah well i i call you coach sometimes because yeah. you know it just i don't think it just comes out you know you're preaching and coaching all the time but some of that stuff does change people's lives it changed my life i wouldn't be here i got a bunch more stories like that but i can only imagine all your employees and all the other guys that that have worked around you where you've had a similar moment where you said basically pull your head out of your ass and do this, you know? Um, and, you know, people listen, have, have listened to you, you know, over time. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't share one other story or talk about it at least, you know, August 24th, 2019, my life changed in a big way and you were sitting right next to me. So, um, night of my accident, we're out doing what we do a bunch of times hanging yeah. out, having yeah. fun, hunting, continuing to build a relationship. I think we're trying to pass it on to our kids too and teach them. So my daughter was sitting in the back seat and we were sighting in a gun and I jump in the car or jump in the, in the buggy, the side by side and set up like I always do. And, uh, we start to go and I'm moving around and whoosh, flash of light goes off. What were you, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> well, first thing was, is you okay, Josefina? And she said, yeah. And, and it was bizarre because Mark didn't really say anything. <laughs> and I was like, I, I knew what happened. You know, the gun went off and I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure I don't have any holes in me. So I looked over at Mark. I said, you okay? And, and you went, just go. <laughs> I said, Okay. So, you know, we raced back. I knew that you were holding your foot and I asked if you wanted me to look at it and put a tourniquet on it, if it was bleeding bad. And you said, no, it's not that bad. And so we got back to camp and I threw you in my truck and we drove, you bled all over my King Ranch. It's never been the same. I'm waiting for a new truck. Send me, send so, me the invoice in the cleaning, not the yeah. new truck. <laughs> So we made it to the hospital and uh, uh, got you fixed up there. But that was uh, that was quite the ride, dude. Yeah, it was uh, something that we didn't really want to go through, but it happened. And, you know, it is. Well, I was glad you were there. You know, you knew what to do. You got me to the, to a safe place. Um, we were all pretty shocked. Yeah, uh, but it was uh, definitely... And another added to the collection of Spencer and Mark yeah. stories, but, yeah. um, you know, getting me to the hospital, jumping out, obviously <laughs> we roll up to the emergency room and they're like, can I help you? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like, you see this trail of blood, like from the truck to the emergency yeah. room? Yes. I need help. This is serious. So, so they've, after yelling at them, they finally took you back and then I was like hey done with the paperwork can I go back and they're like yeah and I'm like where's he at and then I looked and I said never mind 
I just followed the blood trail down the down the hall of the hospital. Two turns. There's Mark. It's pretty easy to find you. Yeah, <laughs> but. Ah, unfortunate situation. Hopefully, uh, it's getting better for you. Yeah, no, a lot of progress, you know, taking it one day at a time. As you know, five surgeries and nine months later, um, got a new device on my leg. So, yeah. working on mobility so I can keep up with you when yeah. we're out on deer lease or when we're out having more adventures. But, um, man, I really appreciate you coming out this morning. I want to have you back on. You bet. We've got a lot more stories to share. Likewise. Appreciate uh, you having me, and this is fun. Yeah, so we'll, anytime, do, we'll, we'll do it again. again for Thank sure. you, bud. You got All it. Right. Thanks, Mark.